0: Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, How did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, Adventures on the Edge of What We Think We Know. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
1: Well, we've been talking lately, uh, well, not just about politics, but about women in politics. And one discussion that we had a, a few days ago got a lot of response from our listeners. It, it, clearly, women play a big poll, it, big role in any election. I mean, they're half of the electorate, right? But we haven't entirely settled this argument over how they should or should not behave as candidates or whether we even have the right to criticize their behavior. Carl Rove was called cutthroat. Rahm Emanuel was sometimes known as Rombo, our former vice president, sometimes referred to as Darth Cheney. So why is it not okay to call a female candidate mean?
0: What we're getting is, is a different wrapper for female power, Moving away from the um, the lesbian epithet to the homecoming
1: queen. That is one of the many, many comments we got after we had a, a discussion with Gail Sheehy about uh, GOP mean girls, as she and Marine referring about.
0: to Meg Whitman, Carly Fiorina, and Linda uh, McMahon. Lynn, right, right. and, and
1: you go. can clearly weigh in on this by calling eight seven seven eight or post a comment to the Takeaway dot org. But we want to we want to move forward this conversation. We have Rebecca Traster with us. She's a senior writer at Salon and author of a book about the 2008 election. It's called Big Girls Don't Cry, the election that changed everything for American women. Good morning, Rebecca. Well, the fact that we're having this conversation and that there's such strong feelings on all sides of the argument tells me that we haven't actually reached a pH balance in in women and candidacy, right? I mean, it, it oh, it's Well, of course we haven't. Women are 17% of Congress and we're likely
0: to, to that that number's going probably about to go down. We've never had a woman president or vice president. So, the very notion that we've received that we've achieved any kind of balance in politics is, you know, something we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel good, but it actually reflects
1: All right. Well, I want to take you through a few comments that our listeners made and get your response to them. First, we have Cheryl from Boston, and, and she was very upset over the Mean Girl label. Nobody talks about John Edwards or Mike Bloomberg in this way when they decide to run. Why is women are we tearing other women down? What do, what do you think about that? Calling them GOP mean girls? Is that tearing down the female candidates? Well, I don't think it's a question
0: of we can't criticize them or point out that in many instances they're mean. I think that the actual mean girls epithet troubles people, and, and, and by the way, I should say, I think it's one of the things when we have more women in politics, we do want to come up with language. I don't want to be a style police and say we can't use the word girl. I use girl in the title of my book. Um, we need to find ways to Acknowledge femininity um, and femaleness at the same time that we're in politics, so we're using labels we're using epithets we're using so you know so i don't want to be the the style police on this, however, that particular phrase "mean girls," not only um, feminizes these women, which is fair enough they're women, it also reduces them to a high school stereotype um, and and one you know like a sort of and that's not true of Darth Cheney. It's not true of Rombo, all of which take the sort of uh, the notion of political aggression, professional aggression and and make it sort of admiring. This infantilizes it. Right. Well, we're talking with Rebecca Traister, who's a senior writer for Salon dot com, which I actually view as kind of the style police on 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 everything. But uh, it's interesting that you say that. Can you listen to this comment that we got from a listener, uh, Rebecca? And I have a question about it. Listen. They're gender traitors. They would sell out their own sex for power. Yeah, they're mean girls. They're gender traitors. Now, This idea, Rebecca, raises the question that there's a temptation to think of women as voting in a block in some way. And it's absolutely absurd. Uh, like, uh, unlike some other sort of groups that do vote more as a block for one party or another, women really don't fit that category. Of course they don't. I mean, you're talking about, you know, women actually tend to vote more than men. You're talking about such a huge proportion of the electorate. Women come in all you know sizes, shapes, colors, ages, ideologies, and that's one of the things we're learning, uh, because there have in previous election cycles been this kind of like, oh, well, we're going to pursue the women's vote. Well, the women's vote is not some one giant estrogen-motivated block. And, um, you know, so this is part of what, and I actually, I'd like to go back to something Celeste said at the beginning, which is the fact that we're having this conversation demonstrates the pH balance isn't there. But in fact, the fact that we're having this conversation helps to educate us a little bit and remind us of these facts. The fact that we're having a conversation about what kind of language to use with regard to female candidates, this is actually a good thing. It's a hard thing, but it's it's a positive thing. It's the way that we move through these assumptions and old, incorrect assumptions about you know, a female voting block
1: for for instance. since you mentioned education and positive in the same sentence, Rebecca, you you heard earlier one listener said we've moved on to the homecoming queen ideal in politics. And, And here's a comment from Kelly in Myrtle Beach. They're really an embarrassment
0: to young women everywhere who might be interested in getting involved in politics someday, but all they see are these parents just regurgitating what they hear from the boys in politics and just being loud and obnoxious about it.
1: And obviously this comes off a number of headlines about, you know, mistakes about the Constitution or not naming a sitting Democratic senator about Christine O'Donnell or other mistakes. Or
0: that Meg Whitman is (laughs) being too sort of tough and belligerent.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Or Linda McMahon kneeing people in in the groin. Well, see, I think that that kind of criticism, it's important to have the conversation.
0: but. But I don't think that that criticism is fair at all. Yes, you can point out that these people are being mean, but it is not true that they are being more mean than male candidates. And one of the things we really have to dispense with is an attitude, and this attitude was born of the fact that women were not as involved in politics, and so we could fantasize that if they were, they would uphold some higher bar for civility and politesse. Um, that they would be extra classy or something, and and of course, when we actually get more women in politics, what we part of the lesson that we learn is that of course they're no more polite and lovely, and they play no more nicely than than their male counterparts. So, and and I actually strongly disagree with the idea that the candidates, even the ones um, whose presentation we deplore, uh, are are parroting the boys. In part, they're playing politics. And so I guess in that regard, because politics has belonged to boys historically, I guess you can say they're parroting the boys. But part of what we're learning is that female candidates are no different from male candidates. And that's a crucial thing to begin to get used to if we're actually going to aim for gender equity, gender equality in politics, which we're still a very long way off. One
1: last question for you, Rebecca Chaster. Before we go, we're hearing about a lot of GOP women, but there's actually twice as many women running as Democrats. How come we're not hearing about them?
0: Uh, Well, that's always been true. Democrats have always put up more women for office. I have criticisms. I'm a Democrat. I have criticisms of my own party in this cycle that they're not answering. The GOP claims uh, that this is the, the year of the woman with, with the actual sort of power of the truth behind them and saying, actually, no, we're the party of women. We are the ones who passed Lilly Ledbetter legislation. We are the people who have more women in Congress, and therefore Democratic losses may, may mean a uh, loss of women in Congress. But we're not really hearing that from the Democratic Party. That's a po- party politic situation.
1: Rebecca Traster, senior writer for Salon.com, author of Big Girls Don't Cry. And, in fact, it is she is correct. We may end up very likely with fewer women in Congress than last year, last term.